Hey guys, welcome to the Tweet Coast Church Podcast. So glad that you could join us. Now prepare your hearts for another inspiring message from one of the Tweet Coast Church crew. We went to see Santa yesterday. We had to wait an hour and a half to see him. I was in the lineup as a good mum. I let all the kids and Jono take all the kids and then I waited for 45 minutes and then just as I got to the line, I'm like, Santa, yeah, we call the kids. The lady came and said to me, Santa's going to go on lunch now for 45 minutes. <laughs> I just thought, ah, oh, thank you, Lord, that I'm a Christian right now. <laughs> so, but we did get to see Santa. It was great. But it reminded me of the season that we're, you know, we're about to step into and Oops, sorry, candle there. It's, um, it's a great season, isn't it? But it's a busy season and it carries with it a whole lot of its own stuff, you know. And if you're at the shops, you might see a few people stressed around the place. They've got things to be at and things to do. And I, so I was looking up a few, a few things for Christmas and I saw a few of these things. This one here, it said, Christmas is in the air. It smells like cinnamon and panic. <laughs> Next one. Okay, this is Santa. Christmas is the time for giving. It's giving me a headache. Okay, poor Santa. He's got a lot to do at Christmas. The next one. That's for those of you who have a bad time at the shopping centre. Okay, next one. This is my, my favourite. This is for all the people who, have, you know, people who work in retail this time of year or, or, or uh, husbands and wives who maybe fly in and fly out. I can't believe we're having the fight again. I only have to work late one night a year. If you're tired of this lavish lifestyle, I can quit and get a job at a petting zoo. Okay. <laughs> and one last one. Poor Santa and all of his helpers. Okay. They need to go to group therapy after Christmas probably. They're so busy. <laughs> okay. But if you do take in all of the stuff that happens around Christmas, you can be forgiven for forgetting that really... We only have all of this stuff that happens because this time of year is the most spectacular, wonderful time of the year. And it's all because of the good news of Jesus, okay? It is nothing other than the good news of Jesus that makes this time of year the most wonderful time of the year. Why do we spend so much energy and put so much into a Tweet Coast Christmas Spectacular next weekend because we believe that the greatest news you could ever hear is that Jesus came for you. It's the greatest news ever. And so I don't know what's on your Christmas wish list this year, but I have, I'm telling you that all I want for Christmas this year is some good news, okay? It's some good news. You might be mistaken as well if you turn on the news. Actually, this week as I was preparing for this message and doing some research, I uh, was preparing one night and then I thought, oh, I think I'll just watch a bit of the news. And so I'd just been immersed in the good news of Jesus. And then I turned on the news and I couldn't watch it. I watched for about two minutes and I'm like, oh my goodness, like it's horrible. You know, all the, all the news stories. So you might be forgiven for thinking, is there really any good news this Christmas? You know, we see around the world, we see terrorism, we see people doing horrible things to one another. But I am here to tell you today that the good news that was 2,000 years ago is just as good today, if not better, because it is alive and well and living in each and every one of us. And so today, my prayer is just that today, 
you would get a fresh wonder at the good news of Jesus. I feel that as I have prepared for this, I have got a fresh wonder of the good news of Jesus. So my prayer for you is that for these weeks remaining before Christmas, that you will truly get a fresh wonder of what Jesus did for us. I want to read from Luke 2 to begin with, and it's about the birth of Jesus. Okay, so read along with me. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He travelled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognise him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. I tell you what, if that isn't good news, I don't know what is this morning. That's amazing. I love this scripture. It says, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And today I just want to take us back a little bit just to what this great news is, what this good news is that is designed to bring us great joy and it's designed to bring you great joy. It's designed to bring you great joy 365 days of the year, but especially this time of year. It is designed to bring your heart and your soul great joy. So what is this good news? This good news is firstly about a God who sent his son. A God who sent his son. And I love John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved. Do you know the whole reason that God sent Jesus was to show you that you're, you're loved? You are so loved. And he chose the only way that he knew how to show how deep his love was. I'll never forget the first time I held my first child. And I had never experienced love like that before. It was a love that I thought I would give my life for this human. I would give everything I have for them. And so in this scripture we hear that God so loved the world that he gave. And he gave not only something that was just precious to him, he gave the most precious thing he had in this world. He gave his most prized possession. And it, was so, it would be just so that we would know how deep his love for us was. It was a love that was costly to him. It cost him the most 
most precious thing he had, it was as though he was giving of himself. It was as though he chose to do what was the thing that was the most radical thing he could do to show us how loved we are. How loved we are. I love this quote. It says, If the depth of love is measured by the value of its gift, then God's love could not be greater. For his love gift is his most precious possession, his only eternally beloved son. Can you imagine that for a second? Being asked to give up your one and only son. And, and God sets us up for this reality for us. He knows that we as parents will understand a love that we have for our children. But he has someone else, Abraham, earlier on in Scripture. He asks him to give up the most precious thing he has. And he, he does it for Abraham because he is trying to show us what he will have to do one day. And in Abraham's case, it is like the ultimate test of Abraham's love for God. So he says to Abraham, will you give up your one and only son? And Abraham does. He says, he ends up saying, yes, I will take him. And he takes him and puts him on this altar. And God in his mercy doesn't end up taking Abraham and killing him. But it's like God was trying to show us, that's what I'm going to do for you one day. That's the depth of my love. That I would give up the most precious thing I have. I would go to whatever lengths it takes to show you that you're loved to show you that you are so loved. My love is so deep. It is deeper than any other love that we have ever imagined or ever experienced. It is so deep. Not only is God's love so deep, his love is so wide. When he sent his son, it said he sent him to the whole world. Can you imagine that? Every person in the world, indiscriminate, it doesn't matter. His love is all embracing. His love can reach to everybody. It doesn't just contain to one race or one kind of person. God didn't send his son just to one particular type or, or cast of person. He said, my love is big enough for the world, for the whole world. He said, my love is wide enough to reach to everybody. Think about that. Every single person that has ever lived on the earth, God's love is wide enough for them. Every person that will ever live, who knows how many billions of people will live on this earth by the time this earth's time is done. But God's love, he is saying it is wide enough for the whole world. Can you imagine that? And his love is wide enough that it embraces the whole world, yet it embraces just you. It is so complete that it would embrace everybody and yet it, he would have done it just for you. And then I had, my, I had my second child and I thought to myself, how could I ever love the way that I loved my first? But then I realised that his love was like multiplied when I had my second child. Imagine the multiplication of God's love compared to the billions of people in the world. Can you imagine how wide his love is? Can you imagine that? And when he sent his son, when God sent his son, it was all to show us that you're loved just to show us how loved we are. And his love is deep and it's wide and it is strong. His love, nothing can withstand his love. There is no darkness that can stand against the love of God. There is nothing that can, that can be too great for his love. There's nothing that nobody has ever done or nobody will ever do that God's love cannot make right. Can 
you imagine that? The love of a father. And so when we celebrate Christmas and we celebrate that God sent his son, we are celebrating that we are loved. That God sent his son to show us above all else so we would never have to doubt, so that we would never have to ever wonder again, am I really loved? You're loved today because God sent his son once and for all to show it. The second part of this incredible good news is that a son chose to come. You know, I think about, we often just brush over that. Jesus chose to come. Like, why wouldn't he? Well, he, Jesus had a free will, just like you and me. Actually, it's one of the most precious things that God entrusts to us is that we all have a free will. So he didn't want us to be like little robots and just walk around loving him. He wanted us to choose to love him. It's at the essence of salvation is that God made everything else possible, but we just need to choose him. And so a son chose to come. And he was not a robot son. He was not like God was like, Jesus, go and do this. Yes, you know, he had a free will. He chose to come for us. Sometimes I wish I had a robot son, two robot sons. They are not robot sons, but I'm glad in the long run. Not when they're four, though. I wish they were robot sons then. Okay, so our Saviour, Jesus, he chose to come. He made that choice to come for us. Why? To tell us that we are the chosen ones. You're chosen. Jesus came to earth. He chose to come so that you would know you're chosen. You are the chosen ones. We are the chosen ones. Everyone who would accept him as their Lord and Saviour, you're the chosen one now for that love, that great love of God, our Saviour. There's something amazing in this Luke 2 scripture, verse 10. It says here, the Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. In those three terms that is used to describe Jesus is some incredible realities of the Jesus that came. The first is Jesus, the Saviour. So Jesus was quite a common name back in those days when he was born. And it literally meant the salvation of God. So there were many people called Jesus but its meaning was the salvation of God. And so the Jewish people had this understanding that God's work of salvation was always at work. Since the beginning of time, God had always wanted to save people and he had always been moving things, manoeuvring things to make his salvation become plain to us. But when Jesus was born, he was called the salvation of the world. It was that my salvation has come in completeness, completeness right now. That all in Jesus, everything that was required for the salvation of mankind was in him. He was the salvation of the world. And then, yet, and then here in this next part of this scripture, it says, yes, the Messiah. And I love this because the Messiah means the chosen one, the anointed one. And so Jesus was the chosen one to come. He was anointed to come. He was anointed to come. But then it says also in this last bit, the Lord. Now, this is significant because in the Bible, when this was written, the Lord, that term that was used there was the term that was only used ever to refer to the God of Israel. And so when we see here that the Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has come, 
it is saying here that the God of Israel, the God of all gods, the Lord of all lords, everything that God is came in Jesus, came in him. So it wasn't just um, a version of God or a, or a sub, subset of God, but everything that God was came in Jesus, everything that he was, and he was the chosen one. Can you imagine that? All of God, he was there at creation. He created everything. Everything was created through him. Everything gives life through him. And somehow he chose to come in a human body. It's too amazing for words. It's too magnificent for words. But do you know why he came? He was the chosen one and he chose to come just so we would know that now we, we have become the chosen ones. We have now taken on the sons and daughters of the Most High God. The Son of God came. He came and he said, but now I want you to know that just as I have been the chosen one, now you are the chosen ones. You are the chosen recipients of this magnificent grace of God. You are the ones chosen to take on all of the rights and privileges as sons and daughters of God. What does that mean? The rights and privileges of sons and daughters of God. You know, I was just watching on Friday night, Cars number three with my kids. I love kids' movies. They're so fun. And I... It's amazing. If you haven't seen it, this is like um, Lightning McQueen. He's the champion of all champions, okay? He's like, he's the best race car there's ever been. But he, he's, and he's in this race for his life, okay? So he's in the final race. And this is his, his real time to prove that he is the champion of all champions. But something happens halfway through the race. And he decides that there's another race car that has never raced before. And he decides that it's actually the most champion thing to do he can do is to then let this other race car come and take his place and continue the race and go on to win. And, you know, as I was watching that, I was thinking that's exactly what Jesus did for us. You know, people thought that Jesus was going to come and he was going to be this victorious, magnificent king. And his real pinnacle of what he came to do was to die. But at that very minute that Jesus was about to die, you know what he did? He passed the baton on to us. He said, all the rights and privileges that I have had as the Son of God, I now give to you, all of you chosen ones, because now I lay down everything that I have had as the Son of God and I choose not to call on all of heaven to rescue me and have this glorious splendour, but I choose to give it to you. I choose to give it to you as sons and daughters of the Most High God. He chose to lay down his life so that we could have life. How amazing is that? The good news of Jesus. Because you know what? I love this too. If the message of salvation in Jesus Christ is considered irrelevant, it must be because people do not understand the extent of the problem he came to save. So today I just want to quickly run through what Jesus has saved us from. Because the reality of that, sometimes we forget we live in this amazing life that he has for us. But this life that he saved us from was so bad. <laughs> and that's what makes his news so good, is that he's rescued us from an amazingly bad outcome and given us the best news there is. Okay, so quickly today, I want to run through the good news of Jesus. Number one, we can have it up here. 
The bad news was that we were prisoners. Okay, we were once prisoners to sin and the guilt and the shame that went along with that sin. Okay, it affects our minds, it affects our hearts, it affects our feelings so that we are in emotional turmoil. It affects our will so that we will not choose the good. And yet when Jesus came and died on the cross, he rescued us from the guilt of the sin of the past, the power of the sin in our lives right now, and the penalty that we would have had to have paid for our sin in the future. What a wonderful thing he's done. He has set us free. And that is the good news today. The bad news was that we were alone. We were alone, alienated from God. And from being close to God, our sin put a barrier between us and God. But when Jesus died, he bridged the gap between God and man. He made a way for us to be close to God again. So that now we need never be alone again, for we've been made sons and daughters in God's family. So the good news today is that you are sons and daughters of the Most High God. The bad news was that we were at war. We were enemies, not only with God, but with each other. Now, Jesus made a way for for us to be at peace with each other through the love of Christ. Our sin didn't just separate us from God, it separated us from each other. And we were unable to give love or receive love the way that God intended us to. And so when Jesus died on the cross, he not only made us at peace with God, but he made us able to love one another and made us at peace with one another. Today, friends, as you lead into Christmas and you come across those people who maybe rub you up the wrong way, remember that you have the peace of God today and that you were designed to bring peace between people. You were designed to be a message of reconciliation between people and draw people towards God. We are carriers of his love and peace. We are carriers of peace on earth. We are carriers of peace on earth today. The bad news was that we were defeated. We were defeated in our own ability to not sin and to make amends for our sin. In essence, we were underneath the power of sin and the evil one. But through Christ in his final and all-encompassing victory on the cross, we can live in victory, knowing that sin has no power and no hold on us anymore. And through Christ, we are more than conquerors in every area of our life, in every area. The, the last one is that we're, the bad news was that we were outcasts. We were outcasts on the outer of God's glory and presence. But we can now, through Jesus on the cross, come boldly into God's presence and live in the paradise of his glory and presence, not only daily here on earth, but for all eternity when he takes us home. I tell you what, if that isn't some good news for you today, I don't know what more we could have as good news. You can give him a really good hand today. That's amazing. The amazing thing is, is that he did everything for us, everything that was needed so that we could live this amazing life. And all he asked was that we would just choose him. He just left that last thing to us, just choose me. And today, in this Christmas season, we can choose him daily. We can choose his peace. We can choose his love. We can choose to live in the reality of the good news of what Jesus has done for us. The last thing, so we had a God who sent his son to show us that we're loved. A son who chose to come to show us that we're the chosen ones. We are the chosen ones. And lastly, 
He sent his spirit to remain with us. To show us that you're mine. You're mine. It says in the Bible that his spirit is like the final instalment of God's perfect plan for us. It is like his stamp on our lives. When Jesus died and went to heaven, he said, it's not like I'm not leaving you as orphans, but I'm giving you my spirit. So you don't just need to live as though that that story of me dying 2,000 years ago was a great thing and hallelujah, but it's like each and every day of your life, you can live in the reality of the good news of what I did for you. Your life was meant to live out of the fullness. And do you know what his spirit does? It's making more and more good news inside of you each and every day. His spirit at work inside of us is creating more and more good news for you each and every day. Isn't that an amazing thing? It didn't finish back on the cross. Uh, Jesus is often called Emmanuel, God with us. But he made an even more amazing way. He said, I'll put my spirit inside of you. He's still with us. He hasn't left us. I wonder if you'll bring the Holy Spirit close in on your life over this Christmas period. Ask him to reveal more and more of the good news of Jesus to you. More and more of the reality of what Jesus has done for you because he completed it all. But he wants to keep on working that work in your life. He wants you to keep on knowing that you're loved. When you're battling rejection, when you're lonely, when you're questioning whether anybody really loves you, When you begin to compare yourself with others, know that there was a God who chose to give up everything for you. And there was a Saviour who chose to come and suffer just so you would know how loved you are. Remember that good news. Remember that you're chosen this Christmas. When you don't know where you fit, when you're not sure about your purpose, when you're questioning how you can really make a difference, Remember that you are now his message of reconciliation. Remember that you are now carriers of his peace. This love, this joy, this peace, this hope that we sing about at Christmas time, it's inside of you. And he wants you to be a carrier of that love, hope and peace today. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Remember this Christmas that you're mine. When all around you seems full of broken relationships and mess, Remember, you are not of this world. You are his. When you hear of wars, of rumours of wars, and when you hear of terrorism, when you wonder, how can I raise my kids in this world? Remember, you are not of this world. You are mine, says God. And I have put my stamp on you. You carry my spirit with you. Everywhere you go this season, you will carry my spirit. And I will produce that love, that joy, and that peace inside of you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are touched by God's Word. If you would like to know more about Tweet Coast Church, please visit tweetcoastchurch.com.au.